Good evening, buenas noches, and welcome to the Braille Institute of America's Braille Challenge 2016 Award Ceremony. This live broadcast is brought to you by Airs LA and will be available as a podcast on our website, www.airsla.org. I'm Max Flahinger. And I'm Terry Grossman. We're here at the Universal Hilton Hotel in Los Angeles for a dinner and ceremony at which the winners in each student category of the Braille Challenge will be presented with their awards. In addition, the Teacher of the Year will be honored. For those of you who are new to this event, the Braille Challenge is unique. It's a competition among blind students grades 1 through 12 from every part of the U.S. and from Canada. It tests their skills in all aspects of Braille. Spelling, reading comprehension, proofreading, speed and accuracy, charts, and graphs. It is a two-stage contest. The first, or regional stage, is held from January through March in various areas of the United States and Canada. Winners in each region are then invited to participate in the final round of competition, which was held here today in Los Angeles at the headquarters of the Braille Institute of America with the overall winners in each category being honored this evening. By the way, if you hear mariachi music in the background, you're not tuned to the wrong station. The theme tonight is Mexico, and we have mariachis in the background. The categories are apprentice grades 1 and 2, freshman grades 3 and 4, sophomore grades 5 and 6, junior varsity grades 7, 8, and 9, varsity grades 10, 11, and 12. The tests become increasingly difficult at each higher category level. The purpose of the Braille Challenge is to encourage students to improve their Braille reading and writing skills. The first challenge was held in 2000 in the Braille Institute's Regional Center in Anaheim, California, and was limited to students in grades 1 through 12 from Southern California. In 2001, the Braille Institute invited agencies from other areas to send contestants from their local competition to a final challenge in San Diego. In 2003, a Braille Challenge Advisory Committee was formed, and the preliminary round of the challenge was restructured to be open to all kids from the U.S. and Canada. That 2003 Braille Challenge became a huge success with nearly 240 students from 28 states and four Canadian provinces participating in the first round, and 55 finalists competing for the top title. The number of participants has increased every year since then, with 54 finalists here in Los Angeles today. They, the finalists, are the winners of 46 regional competitions administered by hundreds of teachers in many different agencies across 29 states in the United States and in British Columbia, Canada, that hosted their own Braille Challenge event for up to 40 students at once. 1,100 students participated this year. The winners in each category of today's student competition will be recognized and given an award and prizes at this dinner. In addition, one of nine nominees from all over the country will receive the prestigious Teacher of the Year Award. And that's what's creating the buzz and excitement here this evening at the 2016 Braille Challenge. Excitement among the contestants, among their families and friends, and among all of the attendees here at the Universal Hilton Hotel in Los Angeles. The evening begins with dinner, which will be followed by the program. Let's set the scene. We're on in the ballroom, actually ballrooms B and C, at the Universal Hilton. 
It's a very large room, 110 by 165 feet. To put that into some kind of perspective, that's about the third the area of a football field. There are 36 tables uh, divided into two sections, half on each side of a red carpet leading to a ramp which leads up to the stage. Uh, each table has 10 chairs, so there'll be about 360 people. Terry, do you want to talk about uh, the stage? Uh, let's talk about the stage. There is a uh, red carpet, as Max said, which is leading from the central doors into this ballroom, and it uh, ends at a ramp that then leads up to the, the slightly raised stage. Uh, in the middle of the stage is a podium with a striped serape and a, a cow skull on it. And behind that is a casita made of stones, a little house entryway. And it has baskets and serapes, another skull on it, and a sombrero on the wall. And behind the little casita is a view of rocky bluffs, blue sky, and cactus. Don't forget the piñata. The piñatas. There, there's a there's a tree branch, a leafless branch over here on the left side of the stage, opposite the casita, and there is a piñata burro hanging from it. There is a bright red striped serape hanging from a branch on the tree and a basket. On each side of the ramp leading up to the stage is a paper mache burro, a little burro, maybe a burrito. Burrito, see. Sí. We're more familiar with that word. Very colorful. The uh, band that you probably hear in the background is clustered around that ramp and is playing around the. Well, let's talk about the tables. Each table is direct is <laughs> decorated with a sombrero in the middle. Large sombrero, and in the brim of that sombrero, that hat, are uh, candies and what else, Terry? Maracas. Mar okay, do you want to talk so about So maracas that? are little round, uh, these, these happen to be round, the ones I'm seeing here, uh, little round gourd-like things with a handle, and they've got seeds in them, and you shake them. So they're a rhythmic instrument. Also on the uh, table in that hat is a program, I am going to assume it's in Braille, uh, there are programs, printed programs, on each ta on each seat. Around the periphery of the room are photographs and line raised line drawings of each of the 50 or 54, I think it is, participants, finalists in tonight's contest. Very attractive to see the kids they're all on, the way yeah, around. Yeah, they're the on both sides of the room, and they were available to all of the participants to come and to feel because under the photo is a uh, print uh, description of the, of the participant, and under the raised line drawing is a Braille copy of that. And so they line the room, and the kids are free to, um, to see, look at them with their fingers. And we should tell you that outside in the hallway is a photographic or photography staging area where the kids are having their pictures taken, uh, some with the mariachis, uh, some with just a background. And kids some with sombreros, I saw. Yeah. Okay. They got some sombreros kids out Kids are really excited about that. The kids are always excited. This is a wonderful event. People are dressed well. People are really excited. People look forward to this all year long. So we should really tell you who these people are. Let's do that. In the apprentice category, 
We have Kyla Bartholomew from Iowa, Gareth Brown from um, Idaho, Idaho. Uh, Jenna Kaywell, oh, the trumpet just got loud there, Jenna Kaywell from Kentucky, Meredith Day from Maryland, Evie Johnson from Wisconsin, Amer Leggetti from North Carolina, Hayden Roswell from Colorado, Austin Serrano from Texas, Logan Strickland from Florida, and Faith Switzer from New Mexico. Those are all the apprentice students here today. In the you, go ahead. Okay. In the freshman category, we have Daniel but Daniel Bayen from Illinois, Tara Cocovicio from the Kansas State School for the Blind, Ava Edmondson Pancheco from Pennsylvania, who unfortunately is not with us this evening, Savannah Lindbergh from Florida, Sarah Murphy from Michigan, Kiara Peterson from Arizona. Again, unfortunately, Kiara is not with us today. Brooke Pietro from the Kansas State School for the Blind, Luke Pilar from California, Ivan Resevere from Indiana, Taylor Sherman from Florida, Max Tepley from Florida, and Ma Maggie Worley, who is from the UBC Faculty of Education, British Columbia, Canada. We should tell you that some of these kids are repeaters. In fact, since we've been doing this program, I'm seeing a lot of kids who have repeated three and four times. For instance, Brooke Petro was first in her category last year, and Maggie Worley was second. Among the sophomores, Audrey Bethe from Kansas State School for the Blind, who was second in her category last year, Geneva Harris from Georgia, Jennifer Kasunik from Bay Village, Ohio, Julie Legrand from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Ryan Mentor, Carroll Center, Mer uh, Maine, Andrew Muting, Kansas State School for the Blind. Joey Parra, Arizona State School for the Deaf and Blind. Ava Riaz, British Columbia, Canada. And Richard Teeter, teacher, teacher rather, Missouri School for the Blind, who was first in his category last year. And Carolina Vigil from New Mexico. The junior varsity uh, participants this year are Christopher Abel from the Georgia Academy for the Blind, and Christopher was first in his category last year. Jalen Ballard from Ohio. Emily Bow from Arizona. She was second in her category last year. Kylie Brendel from East Meadows School District, New Jersey. Mitchell Bridwell from the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Sean Caballero from California. Paige Drury from Carroll Center, Connecticut. And Paige was third uh, last year in her category. Caitlin Hippie from Milwaukee, and unfortunately Caitlin's not here today. Uh, Annette Lamas from Florida. Griffin Miller from Pennsylvania. And Rochelle Zampella from the Oklahoma School for the Blind. The varsity finalists are Keisha Anderson, UBC Faculty of Education, British Columbia, Canada. Those trumpets are loud. Uh, Kate Antelak, FIMC, VI, Lions Eye Institute, Florida, who was second in category last year. Cricket Bittleman, Braille Institute, Orange County, California. Harley Fetterman from Texas. Luther Fuller from Kansas. Merlin Heilman from Texas. Natalia Radcliffe, Braille Institute, Orange County, California. Michaela Smith, Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Ashley Tao, or Thao, Kansas State School for the Blind. Lauren Thompson, Iowa Braille School and the Iowa Library for the Blind. And Alyssa Townsend, Iowa Braille School and the Iowa Library for the Blind. 
And congratulations to all of them uh, for their hard work. And uh, they're, they're going to find out who the winners are in their category. And uh, there is a hashtag attached to uh, this year's uh, Braille Challenge, and it is hashtag Braille Challenge 2016 finalists. So you are free to uh, to use that in your any communications about the Braille Challenge. Terry, shall we do sponsors or teacher of the year? I think maybe teacher of the year. Uh, teacher of the year. Okay, let's do teacher. Every year there are eight or nine nominees for the teacher of the year of these students. Uh, this year, the winner, and let's do the winner first, is Keith Christian, teacher of students with visual impairments, Anaheim City School District from California. Keith has been a teacher of visually impaired for 20 years, seven years in the LAUSD, that's the Los Angeles Unified School District, at uh, Nobel Middle School, teaching grades 6, 7, 8, and 13 years in the Anaheim Elementary School District, teaching grades K through 6. As a VI teacher who himself is visually impaired, Keith has been a mentor and role model for countless students and serves as an example for parents, proving that their children can achieve anything they want to if they're willing to work hard and learn the necessary skills for success. He works uh, tirelessly to ensure that his students have the Braille and technology skills they need to be successful in life. He wants his students to be strong academically and have a strong work ethic. Keith has been a highly respected member of the VI community and recognized expert in adaptive technology since he began teaching 20 years ago. He is an invaluable resource for VI teachers all over Southern California and is always quick to offer his help to anyone struggling to keep up with the constantly changing technology that is so crucial for our students' success. He's been part of the Braille Challenge every year since its inception and is a regular presenter at the CTEBVI convention. He guest lectures at the VI program at Cal State Los Angeles regularly and has hosted groups of students in their technology class in his classroom. Keith's greatest accomplishment, and one of which he is most proud, is his amazing wife of 26 years, Diane, and his two beautiful children, Nicole and Sean. And our hearty congratulations to Keith. And let me also acknowledge the other nominees this year. Jacinda Danner, Louis Flickinger, Carol Gamble, Jonathan Graves, Carol Green, Kellyanne Hendrickson, Jerry Heal, Cynthia Lopez, Beth Newman, Dr. K. Marie Pruitt, and Carrie Swanee. These are all nominees for Teacher of the Year, and the winner is Keith Christian, and our very best to Keith. Yeah, Keith is a big friend of Airs LA. We've done a lot of programs with him. Uh, we're very pleased that he's won this award. By the way, last year's winner was Patricia Leader, the Teacher of the Year in 2015. And if I could find my list of sponsors, we would probably even... T- oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. The uh, sponsors this year, the major prize sponsor is Humanware, and they have their brilliant BI 32 refreshable Braille display, which will be awarded to the first place winners, and the Braille Note Apex BT 32 note taker will be awarded to the teacher of the year this year. Finals competition sponsors are Dot Dat Inc., Saturday finalist opening ceremony. And Dot and Rick Nelson, Teacher of the Year Award. The President's Circle sponsors are the Julius Stern Stockweiler Charitable Foundation in memory of Marcus E. Caron, Jr., Mary E. Burson, 
and the L.A. Optimist Youth Club through a bequest from Al and Billy Lond. Gold Circle sponsors are Hal and Joy Rapray, three student sponsorship, and iPads for first place winners and teacher of the year. Cedar National Bank, the Albert Parvin Foundation, Philip P. Woodward. The Silver Circle sponsors include the Delta Gamma Foundation. They are providing three student sponsorships. Gene K. Schuyler, the Mueller Family Foundation, the Los Angeles Breakfast Club Foundation, Arola D. Arenstall, providing one student sponsorship, Mary Jo and Gerald Brown, in memory of Catherine M. Krupa, one student sponsorship, Palmer C. Langdon, one student sponsorship. And providing prizes at preliminary regional events are Humanware, Victor Reader Stream Media Players, National Braille Press, gift certificates for their catalog of Braille books and products, Seedlings Braille Books for Children, gift certificates for a book or, or one T-shirt from their catalog. Seedling books are terrific, too. I've, uh, I've uh, been on their website and, and gotten books for my friends who... Uh, either are blind or their children are blind, and it's, it's a terrific resource. And special thanks to the 2016 Braille Challenge media sponsor, NBC4, who has generously agreed to sponsor two special scholarship awards this evening. The NBC4 Braille Superstar Award for Excellence in Reading Comprehension awards a cash prize to the Braille Challenger in the sophomore varsity age group, who scores the overall highest in reading comprehension category. The NBC4 Braille Superstar Award for Excellence in Spelling awards a cash prize to the Braille Challenger in the Apprentice through Freshman age groups who scores the overall highest in the spelling category. And so that's the excitement here as well to find out who's going to win these great prizes for this evening's contest. The room is pretty well filling up now. People are sitting down and attacking their dinners, some with (laughs) serious gusto. That's true every year. The kids are really excited about the meal as well as the ceremony. Let me um, give you a little information about the contest itself. You heard the age category groupings. We won't do that again. But uh, the categories in the contest are speed and accuracy, spelling, proofreading, reading comprehension, and charts and graphs. In speed and accuracy, contestants listen to a recorded story and have to transcribe it into Braille Doc. Contestants are ranked from lowest to highest based on the number of correct words, including punctuation, they transcribe from the page. Two points are subtracted for each word that contains one or more mistakes, so be careful, guys, including missing or extra words. The Braille Doc Challenge Speed and Accuracy Contest are distributed as MP3 files on SD cards to be played on one of two approved radio audio players, the Victor Reader Stream, manufactured by Humanware, and the Bookport Plus, distributed by the American Printing House for the Blind, APHD. And the spelling uh, category, the contestants are asked to spell Braille Doc vocabulary words correctly. Uh, points are earned for each correctly spelled word. Points are awarded for correctly brailing the uncontracted and contracted versions of the word correctly. The 2014 practice contest contained words that are the same in both UBE and 
A-B-A-E codes. We'll get into UEB in a minute if we have the time for it. But proofreading, that category requires a reading of a series of Braille sentences or words. Contestants are asked to choose the correct answer from multiple choice options. There's some information here about the 2014 test, but we're not going to go into that. Uh, Terry, reading comprehension? Uh, Reading comprehension. The contestants read a story in Braille and then answer multiple choice questions. The contestants are ranked in order based on the number of questions they answer correctly. In the apprentice category, there are five practice test uh, contest options. The contracted Braille version in UEB, the contracted Braille version in EBAE, a single contracted word version in both, and an uncontracted Braille version in UBE, and an uncontracted Braille version in UBAE. So charts and graphs, the contestants read raised lined images that are called tactile graphics and earn points by correctly answering a series of multiple choice questions about the content. The contestants are then ranked based on most points earned. So the the UBE for 2016, as of January 2016, Unified English Braille, UEB, will be the official Braille code for the United States. Based on a review of state implementation plans and feedbacks from the regional coordinators, teachers, and National Advisory Committee, most younger students transitioned to UEB in September of 2015. But the transition from EBAE to UBA is less defined and not as consistent for older students. The goal of the Braille Challenge Braille Challenge is to support the timely transition to UEB, but also to be as fair as possible to all students by providing contests in the code that most will be using. And learn about the UBE updates for 2016 on the Braille Institute website. I think rather than trying to talk over the mariachis, uh, we let's let's listen to them for just a moment. Let's enjoy the mariachi. Let's get in the theme of the thing here. As the fifty finalists from over eleven hundred original participants from 47 different regions of Canada and the U.S., you inspire every one of us. You show others the way forward. You show others the way forward and motivate them to work hard and achieve their goals. And your curiosity have reached levels that others can only really dream about. And here you are alongside all your peers and your families as shining stars from your communities. So congratulations, we are incredibly proud of you and your accomplishments. But as we know, nobody succeeds in life without a strong team behind them. So let's not forget your families and your teachers, many of whom are here tonight as well. Please join me in giving your teachers and welcome a huge round of applause, thank you. And of course, there are other important members of the Braille Challenge support team. And certainly among them are our dear donors. 
Your generation is absolutely critical and so appreciated. You make all of this possible. Without your support, there would be no regional finals, there would be no contests, and no Braille Challenge final. And some of our donors, of course, we're delighted to have them here this evening, and I want to introduce uh, them to you. So please stand up and be recognized when I read your name off. And starting us right off, right here, Dot and Rick Nelson, please stand. They are solid gold to Braille Institute. We also have Mary Burson from San Diego, who has been a long-standing donor. Where is Mary? Here she is right back here. She cannot stand, but she's right back here at table 12. Hal and Joy Retre, I think are sitting right there, there, right there. Thank you so much. Uh, also sitting at my table from City National Bank, represented by Carolyn Rodriguez and Min Yu. Right here, please stand. We also have Bob DeWeese and Barbara Adams from the Los Angeles Breakfast Club Foundation. Where are they? Right back here. Thank you so much. Also, we have Mary Jo and Gerald Brown with us this evening. Right here. And one of the main, main men, Palmer Langdon. Where's Palmer? There he is right here. This man is incredible. And lastly, I want to mention the Fetterman family. Uh, this is the family who is watching live tonight on YouTube from Texas. Uh, and they sponsored the Harley Fetterman Award for Excellence in Charts and Graphs. This is... I know a lot of you hate the charts and graphs, but Harley... Um, their son loves charts and graphs in that particular competition, so they are giving us uh, a gift in that regard. I would also like to recognize uh, Mr. Dominic Gagliano of Humanware, our major prize sponsor. Where is, here he is right here. Thank you, sir. Humanware is providing refreshable Braille displays to all first place winners and a Braille note taker to our Teacher of the Year. And finally, again, it gives me great pleasure to thank our dedicated media sponsor, NBC4, uh, who is also not only uh, bringing us Patrick here tonight, but also giving two special scholarship awards, one in spelling and one in reading comprehension. So please, let's hear a great round of applause for all of these donors. So many people to thank. I also have to thank our go-to team, the Braille Institute staff and volunteers, uh, led by Marie Saldivar and Sergio Oliva. Thank you. You guys are the best. And while this year's challenge comes to an end tonight, we continue to look for ways to renew and improve this uh, tremendous program for the organization going forward. Believe it or not, the music never stops. Sergio and the team are already working on the challenge finals for next year. And we, of course, will see many of you there. It's going to be an unforgettable weekend. So uh, keep your calendars open. And also for those who are graduating uh, high school this year, we are assembling a Braille Challenge alumni network.
to help you stay connected with each other and give back by mentoring future Braille Challenge participants. I was actually amazed as I was walking in here tonight. I mean, the contestants have gotten to know each other so well that you thought they'd be kind of friendly and kind of reserved and polite. But one gal from New Jersey said, yeah, we trash talk each other each year. <laughs> they sort of challenge each other. Who's going to win? So um, as we inch closer to our centennial for two, in 2019, we encourage all of you to stay in touch for opportunities to celebrate these connections that we're hoping to build amongst all of you. So again, congratulations to all the contestants. Thank you all for being here, the families, the TVIs, etc. Enjoy this weekend and this evening. Thank you so much. Guys, this music is wonderful. Oh, forgive me, this is kind of embarrassing. Would you mind, my phone rang here. Let me deal with this real quick. I'm sorry. Hi, sweetheart. Okay, is there something? It's my daughter. My daughter's checking in again. I'm, I'm so sorry about this. You want me to tell the story about the broken pencil? She, she wants me to tell the story about the broken pencil. No, I'm not going to do that. It's pointless. And, and don't call me during the show, okay? All right. I, hopefully she won't call back again. We won't have to deal with this anymore. All right, another big round of applause for Peter Mednick, who had such wonderful things to say. Peter, thank you so much. Okay, now we're on to one of the big awards of the night, the Teacher of the Year, and we have a very special person to make that introduction and to tell us a little bit about of our honoree this year. Uh, it's so important to recognize the dedication and extraordinary work of all the teachers of the visually impaired across the United States and Canada. Their commitment and innovative ways to enhance the classroom experience continue to engage their students, but also support parents and the entire community. That is exemplary, and that's a wonderful sense. Let's give that a round of applause. <laughs> And here to introduce this year's Teacher of the Year, appropriately enough, is last year's winner, direct from Northern California. A big round of applause for my namesake, Pat Leader. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. 
Thank you, Patrick. It was a tremendous honor to be selected last year as a Teacher of the Year, and it is a, just a wonderful experience this year and an honor to introduce this year's Teacher of the Year. Keith Christian has been a teacher of the visually impaired for 20 years. As a visually impaired teacher who himself is visually impaired, Keith has been a mentor and a role model for countless students and serves as an example for parents, proving that their children can achieve anything they want if they are willing to work hard and learn the necessary skills for success. He works tirelessly to ensure that his students have the braille and technology skills that they need to be successful in life. Keith has been a highly respected member of the visually impaired community and recognized expert in adaptive technology since he began teaching. He has been part of the Braille Challenge every year since its inception and is a regular presenter at CTE BVI. He guest lectures at the Visually Impaired Program at Cal State Los Angeles regularly and has hosted groups of students in, in their technology class in his classroom. Keith's greatest accomplishment, and the one of which he is most proud, is his amazing wife of 26 years, Diane, and his two beautiful children, Nicole and Sean, all of whom are here tonight to share this special moment. There is so much that I can, could say about this year's Teacher of the Year, Keith Christian. However, here's a special video to help highlight a few of his accomplishments. Keith Christian is 2016's Teacher of the Year for Excellence in Braille Instruction. He's a teacher of students with visual impairments for the Anaheim City School District and the first blind teacher of the visually impaired to receive this international award. J.C. Christofferson is a certified orientation and mobility instructor. I am so excited. I cannot imagine any teacher giving more, doing more, being more involved because with Keith, it's his whole life. Lori Cottrell is a teacher of the visually impaired for the Anaheim Elementary School District and the Greater Anaheim SELPA. There could be no more deserving teacher. He's been such a great resource for everybody in our field. He's such a terrific inspiration to the parents who have their kids come into his class thinking, my child is blind, their life is over. They meet Keith and they see that that's not at all true. Dorothy Cho is one of Keith's students at Clara Barton Elementary School. He taught me how to do everything in one day, pairing the Braille note to my phone, getting me used to how I, how I, how I learned to use the Braille note all in one day. Florentino Becerra is one of Keith Christian's former students. Being very hard on me is what I think was the biggest impact. I wasn't exactly willing to learn how to read Braille or write in it. He taught me all these things that I thought was kind of ridiculous when I liked clicking with the mouse or something, but he taught me how to use some more things that got either the job more professionally done or just did it more efficiently, and I thought that was pretty amazing. Florentino Becerra Sr. is a parent. I tell him to do it. Prepare for the future. Don't worry. So every year I saw Lana progress with my son. He's angry. And I had gotten a 
smallish attention, so to say, because I wasn't doing any work whatsoever. He gave me a little speech saying that I either did it or I was not going to get anywhere, something like that, and it just stuck in my head. And I thought, well, she's sitting behind the desk and I'm sitting on the other side. Why would I want to sit on this side and just look like an idiot? I asked him something, I tell him how I'm not teaching him. He tell me, <clears throat> I send you to school. He sent me to Brian, I take classes from Brian. He told me it's time to do something, not start crying, so make something too. That miracle thing happened. Now I was in university, wow. Kelly Coakley is a Braille transcriber at Clara Barton Elementary School. They don't just maybe know one note taker, they know how to use a couple of note takers, or they know how to use keyboards, and there's just so many things that he exposes them to so that they have a wide view of all of the technology that's available to them. I like the extra things he does outside of the classroom, looking at the whole child. He doesn't just put them out on the playground to play. How can we bring the sighted child into their world? How can we get them to interact? Something that I really enjoy doing is, is watching kids um, engage with their peers, and sometimes they're at a disadvantage, especially on the playground. And so what I do is I bring the playground to the kids. They do knitting, woodwork, gardening. We have a beautiful garden out in the back that we just started. It's going to be a vegetable garden. We make lunches on Fridays usually. What I also like about woodworking is, is that they're doing something with their hands. They're sanding, they're gluing, they're clamping. But while they're doing that, they're talking to their peers. They're having fun. He's worked with our district office, he's worked with members of our school board, and it seems like he's always out promoting that kind of literacy and to get people to understand that Braille literacy can equal employability in the future and a real future for the students. I would like to learn how to teach kids how to be comfortable in their own skin, learn to be confident and have good character. There's something that we're struggling with He's going to be the one probably every time that comes up with some genius idea as to how we're going to introduce something new or make it fun for the kids. He always uh, demonstrates that there's really nothing that you can't do. You might just have to find a different way to do it. I grew up with Braille Institute playing a significant part in my youth. When I was five, I started taking judo lessons. And as I got older, I started going camping and rock climbing and having to make choices to go right or left and up and down and having to live with the consequences of those things and, and having people coaching me and cheering me on. Braille Institute has given me so much as a kid. <clears throat> and as I became a teacher, I wanted to find some way of giving back. Receiving this award tells me that I'm on point sticking to what I had to do until it was done. So that's kind of what the biggest impact is. This is a, a special place. That's why I call him his angel and right here. I wish um, you went teacher of the year like every year, I wish. <laughs> I think. Like if, if he can for his whole lifetime. Keith, when our Braille Challenge Advisory Team told me about the decision to name you as the 2016 Braille Challenge Teacher of the Year, I could not have been more thrilled. Clearly you are an innovator and your commitment to the success of each of our students is undeniable. Like Braille Institute, you are working hard to strengthen digital literacy and Braille literacy for your students and their families. 
And that focus has undoubtedly changed lives for the better. So Keith, on behalf of Braille Institute, congratulations to you. This year's award could not have gone to a more deserving person. Help me present this year's Teacher of the Year Award. Please welcome our board member and donors, Rick and Dot Nelson. And Keith Christian, come on up. As Teacher of the Year, Keith Christian will receive... A Braille Note Touch, the world's first all-in-one Braille tablet, courtesy of Humanware, as well as a cash award made possible from dedicated donors. Wow, what a pleasure. It's amazing to see something in video like that that sometimes it moves you and um, I might just need a moment. (laughs) Um, It is always a pleasure to be a part of the Braille Challenge, seeing kids do what they do best and that is learn and demonstrate what their skills are. I am so impressed with what I see every year. The kids are learning Braille skills and they're applying them. And really, it's an honor to be here with you students. Seeing you inspires me and encourages me. And I would like to congratulate you for being the best that you can be and being here today. I would also like to congratulate your parents and your teachers for preparing you well because obviously they've done a good job and you're here too today. I'm grateful for the technology companies like Humanware who makes the technologies that make it possible for us blind people to do what we do best and to be successful academically, socially, and eventually vocationally. So thank you. You students and I, we have a lot in common. We've both been deeply touched by the Braille Institute from an early age. When I was young, I was also very influenced by the Braille Institute. Obviously, you are because you're here and you've come from far away, from Canada to Florida and everywhere in between. When I was a kid, when I was your age, actually a little bit younger, I started judo lessons. And I remember how wonderful it was to be a part of that group. I couldn't wait to come home and show my dad how I could toss him and give him a throw. But when I came home, I ripped all the buttons off of his shirt. Right, Dad? Um, But we did have a sensei who commanded respect and discipline. And I learned a lot from him, as we all did, all of us students at Braille. He taught us some valuable lessons, how how to throw 
take down somebody, pin them. And probably the most valuable skill a blind person could ever learn is how to fall. <clears throat> it's true. When, if you're being thrown, you know how, need to know how to tuck and cover and roll and slap the mat and protect yourself. Or if you're falling down a flight of stairs or tripping over a bicycle or roller skates or whatever, you need to know how to fall and get back up. It's okay to fall. You just have to get back up. And sometimes we have to get up and we have to learn how to make other people feel comfortable around us because a lot of times sighted people feel a little guilty when we fall down because they think that they can prevent it. And I think sometimes us blind people, we need to learn how to share with uh, the sighted world how we can develop a sense of humor. <laughs> and um, you have to be quick-witted about it. But I've learned how to fall. <clears throat> how um, Judo led to me learning how, uh, me um, participating on the uh, high school wrestling team, which was probably the most important thing I did in high school. I was on a team where I was able to cheer on my teammates where, when they were winning and console them when they were losing, as they did for me. Being on a team, and that was very important for me because I used that team concept throughout my life. I have lots of teams. We participated in a lot of other activities to help prepare me for my future at Braille Institute. We went on camping trips. We went rock climbing, and we did a lot of other activities. When we went camping, I learned how to set up a camp, pitch a tent, dig a pit, build a fire, cook food, serve other people. And when we were done, make sure that we cleaned up and left the place better than we found it so that we would be welcomed back next year. But the things that really um, stand out are some of the adventures rock climbing I remember look, we would go camping and we would go rock climbing in the middle of the desert where they'd have these boulders stacked on each other a mile high. It looked impossible to overcome and reach the top. But I was told, look at each boulder as its own challenge. Just do one at a time. And as you stand on the ground, you grab hold of the first rock and you climb up, and then you climb up the next one with sighted assistance on the ground telling you whether to go left or right or over the top. I reached the top. Even though I had sighted help, I did the hard work like you students are doing. We get coaches, we get team, we have our teams. Even though we had help, we did it. When we, when I reached the top of those rocks, those big piles of rocks, I mean, they were 30, 40, 50 feet high. I remember getting up there and feeling a sense of, a sense of accomplishment. But that soon dissipated as I looked down and realized I'm going to have to take that same rope I climbed up with and belay down the face of those rocks. And that is when I learned faith and trust in the people who put the equipment together that I would get down safely. My experiences as a kid growing up, going through school with a visual impairment, I learned a lot of skills about being a self-advocate, learning about the different technologies it takes to be successful getting through school. And I thought that those skills would make me possibly a good teacher, or at least I had the skill set to be a good teacher. I wasn't sure if I was going to be a good teacher, but um, it was something I really wanted. Plus, my lifelong goals were always to get an education, go to school, get a job, buy a home, get married, and maybe someday have kids. 
becoming a teacher fit in very well with that because I could always spend holidays and summers with my children, which is really important to me. By the way, today's the first day of summer. <laughs> yes. I became a teacher in 1996, and over the past 20 years, I have had the great fortune of teaching many students Braille, technology, social skills, a lot of hobbies, because I think we need to teach our kids. You guys need hobbies. We all need hobbies, whether it's woodworking, gardening, cooking, or whatever. We need a balance in life, and I find that uh, I enjoy teaching all of them. But I think the most powerful thing I've ever done, though, is to teach a blind kid or a blind child how to read and write in Braille and to see the light bulb go on, that they can academically compete in the regular education classroom with their sighted peers. I've always had a, a tremendous team around me. They make me look good. They always work hard, and we always accomplish a lot of things together. And uh, Good advice for you students. Surround yourself with good people. They will make you look good. <laughs> I... Um, I'm very grateful for my team, and I want to thank them. I'd like to thank my mom and my dad for allowing me to make good choices as, a, as well as allowing me to make bad choices and having to live with those consequences. But most of all, I would like to thank my wife who has, has believed in me and inspired me and encouraged me to do everything I can possibly do to be the best I can be. And she has given me two of the most beautiful children who are the love of my life. And I, <laughs> I would just like to leave you students with this. Dream and dream big. Just go to work at achieving it every day of your life. And never, ever, never give up. Thank you. Oh my goodness, that was so wonderfully inspirational. Keith Christian, not only congratulations, but thank you. Thank you so much for your work, and thank you for those words of inspiration tonight. One more time for Keith uh, Christian. <laughs> Better put the phone away so my daughter doesn't call me again. If I could, I just wanted to comment. I don't know about you, but I, I love animals, and I've always been so impressed by service dogs. I was watching Keith's dog. Just they are so disciplined, so poised, so attentive to the person they're serving. They're, they're just so wonderful. And it's such a contrast to my daughter's dog. Not a service dog, not a service dog, more like a a canine juvenile delinquent. You know those dogs that are just totally out of control and they're always grabbing the food and everything? 
the, the one thing, have you seen those dogs that will like chase people on a bicycle? The dogs, somebody will come by and the dogs go out and bark and chase the person on the bicycle. Well, my daughter's dog does that. It got so bad, this chasing people on a bicycle, she finally had to take the dog's bicycle away. That, that was the only way she could get it to stop. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to applaud that one. All right. Now it's one of my favorite times of the evening. We're getting into two very special awards. One is the Braille Superstar Award for Excellence in Reading, presented by NBC4. And the other is the Braille Superstar Award for Excellence in Spelling, also presented by NBC4. This year, each winner will receive a $750 cash award. And here to help me introduce these two dear-to-the-heart awards, please welcome Kathleen Kim from the Anaheim Regional Center and Alicia Serna from the San Diego Regional Center, both representing the youth departments. Ladies, please join us on stage, and maybe we can even get a little mariachi music. Thank you, Pat. Wow, I'm really excited to be here tonight as one of the representative for the youth team. Finalists, are you excited? No, I don't accept that. Finalists, are you excited? All right, go finalists. I also want to say I recognize some faces tonight in our audience from having helped with the Southern California Braille Challenge Regionals. Thank you for making the time and the difference for keeping our Braille literacy going. If it wasn't for all of you, we wouldn't have our National Braille Challenge. Right, Alicia? That's right. So are you guys ready to get to it? So as Patrick mentioned, um, we are deciding to change things up a bit this year, and the NBC Superstar Award for Excellence in Reading Comp is for the top score in reading comprehension for the sophomore through varsity group. And the NBC for Superstar Award for Excellence in Spelling is for the apprentice and freshman categories only. Are we ready? So the superstar for the reading comprehension goes to Emily Bowe. From Gilbert, Arizona, Emily is a talented and creative 15-year-old music lover who hopes to share her passion with everyone through music education. She describes herself as a dreamer and feels that without Braille, none of her dreams would come true. She's also proud to be a flutist, or maybe that's a flautist, a piccolo player, an author, and a big sister, Emily Bow.
All right, and our NBC Superstar Award for Excellence in Spelling goes to Savannah Lindbergh. From Jacksonville, Florida, Savannah, age 10, has participated in her school plays. She was the mouse in A Year with Frog and Toad. She was the narrator in 101 Dalmatians, flounder in The Little Mermaid, and Roquefort in The Aristocats. She describes herself as ambitious and determined. When she grows up, Savannah wants to be an editor because she enjoys editing, and she says she's really good at it. Savannah Lindbergh. Let's have a big round of applause for our two superstars, Emily and Savannah. Okay, let's get ready. It's time to get into the meat and potatoes of the evening. Our, our winners are our finalists who made it to the podium, the top three in each of our classifications. But my daughter asked me to share one thing before we got to that. She said, Dad, tell them they should go to the beach, but also tell them they should go over to City Walk, which is, I don't know if you, any of you have had a chance to go over to City Walk here at Universal City. It's this really lively area, a lot of shops, a lot of street musicians, a very fun, lively place. They've got like a wave machine that makes waves and everything. And it's like the crossroads of the world. People from all over the world come to City Walk. In fact, when I was there earlier this evening, I ran into an Australian guy came up to me, he says, good day, mate. That's about the only Australian I speak, but he says, good day, mate. He says, I got a question for you. And I was figuring like he, he wanted directions, you know, how to find his way over to the Braille challenge or something like that. But he says, no, I got a, I got a quiz for you. Do you think a kangaroo can jump higher than a house? I heard a big yes back there. I mean, anybody else? What do we think? Can a, can a kangaroo jump higher than a house? I'm hearing some no's in there. Well, what do I know about kangaroos? Not as much as obviously as you do. So I told the guy, I said, yeah, I guess kangaroos are known for jumping. I guess a kangaroo can jump higher than a house. And he looks at me like I'm a real dummy and he says, boy, are you dumb. Houses can't jump. All right, I learned my lesson there. Uh, but the nose in the house here, you guys knew that houses can't jump. You guys already figured that out. All right, we're moving on to those of you who made it to the podium, the third place winners. I think in the Olympic Games, we call that the bronze medal. That means you are stars. This is an amazing accomplishment. And here to introduce this year's third place winners, Please welcome two members of the Braille Challenge National Advisory Committee, Dr. Ellen Ross and Alice McGrath. Ellen and Alice.
Hello, you all. I'm, I'm Ellen Ross, and I'm thrilled. It's been such an amazing pleasure to be part of the National Advisory Committee. Every year we come and we're just amazed at all the finalists that are here. And, you know, I was recently reflecting over the growth of the Braille Challenge over the years, and I decided to kind of do a little investigation. And I was looking at how many students participated in the regionals 10 years ago versus how many students are participating this year or had participated this year. And I was amazed to see that there was a growth of almost 250%. So I think that's pretty remarkable. And I think we should give a hand to Braille Institute for everything that they're doing. Um, I'm also happy on behalf of the advisor committee to share with you that next year we will have 50 regional contests instead of 47. So we are continuing to grow, and more and more students are coming into the program. So that's really wonderful. Um, and the one thing that I really wanted to share, I'm, I never cease to be moved to tears when I come every year, when I see the incredible talent, the motivation, the passion that all of your finalists exhibit. But I wanted to share, too, that we need to bear in mind that this wonderful program goes far beyond all of the students and amazing families we see here. But for each student, there are teachers, a school, a community, lots of people supporting them and, and rooting for them. But additionally, there are hundreds of kids who are really looking at this student as a role model and just wishing for the day that they can also meet the, par the parameters to come to the Braille Challenge in L.A. So kudos to all of them. And I'd like to introduce Alice to you. Hi, my name is Alice McGrath, and this is my guide dog, Cora. And I'm also honored uh, to be a member of the Braille Challenge Advisory Committee. Um, one of the things that I'd like to share with you is that I work for an agency for the blind, uh, Vista Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired in, in Palo Alto. And we have been uh, one of the first regionals um, back in the early two, two, um, 2000s. And I have been responsible for hosting the Braille Challenge for the last 10 years. And one, one amazing thing to observe in these last 10 years is to see the growth that occurs in the youth that come individually, but then also the support that they receive from the teachers, from the community, from the family. And then for our regional and many other regionals, we also get support from the blind and visually impaired community who help us to put on the event. And my message and their message to you for learning Braille is thank you for keeping it going and thank you for studying and keeping Braille alive. So thank you. So I know you're waiting with bated breath. So let's get to announcing all of the third place winners. Remember, if we call your name, please stand and remain by your table as our youth team takes the award to you and your impressive bio is read. Now, let's hear all those Maracas challengers, starting with, starting with our apprentices. So the apprentice third place award goes to... Logan Strickland.
from Orlando, Florida. Logan says Braille is important to him because he understands how important it is to be able to read. He is an intelligent and loving second grader and has been reading Braille for five years. He was a first place winner in his regional Braille challenge and this is his first trip to the Braille challenge finals. Logan plays piano and the drums. He says when he's older, he wants to be an inventor because it would be cool to invent things. Logan Strickland. Moving on to freshmen. So the freshman award for third place goes to... Maggie Worley. Maggie is one of our contestants from Canada, from Victoria, British Columbia. And she's nine years old. She won second place apprentice at the Braille Challenge Finals in 2015. She would like to be a novelist and an accomplished violinist. She loves writing because it's a way to share her ideas and feelings to the world. Maggie folds origami, plays piano, ukulele, and melodian accordion. Maggie Worley. The third place sophomore award goes to Ryan Mentor. comes all the way across the country from Berwick, Maine. He's an inquisitive sixth grader who has been reading Braille for 10 years. He loves the way authors paint a picture in his mind through words. He would like to go to college for broadcast teaching or law in order to help educate and advocate for those who cannot do so for themselves. Congratulations, Ryan Mentor. Category is Junior Varsity, and the Junior Varsity Award goes to Emily Bow.
From Gilbert, Arizona, Emily is a talented and creative 15-year-old music lover who hopes to share her passion with everyone through music education. She describes herself as a dreamer and feels that without Braille, none of her dreams would come true. She's also proud to be a flutist, piccolo player, author, and big sister. Emily Bow. Our final category for varsity for the third place. Ready? Our winner goes to Kate Antelak. Last year, Kate, who's from Venice, Florida, took second place in the Braille Challenge Finals and is participating this year for the sixth time as a finalist. She's an intelligent and imaginative 16-year-old who just finished her second year of high school and earned a role in the school play. She would like to be a writer, and she wants to spend her life telling all of the stories in her head. Kate Antelak. Wow, that was exciting. I love to get start getting the winners on the board. And also thanks to Alice and Ellen for doing such a great round of great job. Let's have a round of applause again. <clears throat> so I heard from the daughter again. I, I don't know how she does these things, but just since the last time I was up here a few months ago, she and a couple of friends of her managed to get stranded on a desert island. How, how can you do that in California, get stranded on a desert island? Well, she and her friends did. Fortunately, they found this magic lamp. You know the magic lamp? You rub the magic lamp, you get... They got three wishes. Three girls, they got three wishes. So the first friend, she's pretty smart, she says, gee, I wish I could go home and get off this desert island. Poof, she gets to go home. Second friend, second wish, says... Same thing. I want to get off this desert island. I want to go home. Poof! She gets to go home. So then it's my daughter's turn. Last wish. She says, you know, it's getting kind of lonely around here with all of my friends. I'd like my friends to come back. That's my wish. My daughter, she's a crazy one, but we love her. We love her. All right. Up next. We have a very, very special award. It's the Harley Fetterman Award for Excellence in Charts and Graphs. And here to introduce this award, this award is the Braille Institute's Director of Digital Programs. There is such a specialist, Benjamin Pomeroy, and from the Youth Department at the Santa Barbara Regional Center, Bob Quackenbush. And are they ready? Here they go, and they got sombreros, too. All right. Buenas noches, amigos. Hey. Well, in case you uh, aren't able to see me, I've got a suit and tie on and a sombrero. I know it's an awards banquet, but it's also a fiesta, so I wasn't quite sure how to dress. So I wore both. What do you think, Ben? Very handsome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. The Award for Excellence in Charts and Graphs is named in honor of a Braille Challenge finalist in his 12th grade from Austin, Texas. Harley Fetterman was unable to attend uh, due to health complications this year. This would have been Harley's ninth 
year attending the Braille Challenge Finals. Nonetheless, his family wanted to find a special way to honor him and all of you as well, the hardworking finalists here tonight. Harley's favorite contest is, as you might have guessed, charts and graphs. So this award is going to go to the person with the highest score in charts and graphs among the sophomores through varsity category. Thanks, Bob. The charts and graphs contests are Harley Fetterman's favorite part of the Braille Challenge, and we know that Harley and his family are joining us via YouTube live stream at the, the back of the room right now. Uh, Harley, we're sending our love, and uh, we wish you could be here with us tonight. We are in a really exciting time for accessible technology. Uh, books are being converted into audible content in mass. Uh, there are new shiny digital devices coming out almost every day. But Braille Institute will never lose sight of the importance of the basics of literacy. And through this awesome national program, we'll continue to provide the tools and support to embrace both technology and the fundamentals of literacy, including charts and graphs. Thanks again to the Fetterman family for sponsoring this special award. Bob. Thanks very much, Ben. Great words, and thanks for your work in this area. We appreciate it a lot. Okay, let's announce the winner who will receive a $1,000 cash award, as well as this special title. Okay, Ben, shall we? The first winner ever of the Harley Fetterman Award for Excellence in Charts and Graphs goes to Maracas, please. Rochelle Zampella. Rochelle Zampella, come on up. From Muskogee, Oklahoma, Rochelle is a passionate and inquisitive student who hopes to pursue a career as a professional saxophonist and music teacher. She specifically hopes to spread the beauty of jazz music to those who overlook it. Rochelle Zampella. Congratulations again to Michelle, and thanks so much to Benjamin and Bob for doing the honors. So I told my daughter, you got to make your jokes shorter because we got a lot of awards to give out tonight. These people do not have time to listen to your long jokes. So she said, okay, I got a riddle for you. What do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? Any, any ideas? I, I was stumped. What do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? Frostbite, of course. Oh. All right, of course, you guys are smarter than I am. You know, we should not move on, though, without Harley Fetterman is, is such a wonderful person, has done such wonderful accomplishments. Let's, let's together send our best wishes to Harley for a speedy recovery. Big round of applause for Harley Fetterman.
All right, you guys, you got those maracas ready? Get those maracas ready because we're moving deeper into the podium. What the Olympic Games calls the silver medalists, the second place winners, they're coming up and here to introduce our second place winners, the executive director of Braille Institute Los Angeles, Anita Wright, as well as the first place varsity winner in 2002 and 2003, and also, I may add, a former NBC4 Braille superstar winner, Tiffany Kim. Let's, let's give him a big warm welcome. It is really awesome to be standing here and at the Braille Challenge after, um, well, 13 years. Um, I can't believe it's been 13 years since I've last uh, actually stood on stage um, in a different role. I competed back before most of you were born, I believe, <laughs> which is just a testament to how long it's been. Um, surprise, I, that's probably why I'm kind of losing my hearing now. Um, getting old. But anyway, <laughs> uh, back then, the, the competition actually was very small. Um, the first year I competed was actually when I did not place was in 2000, uh, when it first started, and it was just amongst the Braille Institute, uh, re regional, right? Just Braille Institute, and that was it, Southern California. Um, and the, the names of the groups were countries. So I was part of China. Um, and there was also Australia, Brazil, Denmark, and England. Um, so it's really awesome to see just how far and how wide-reaching the Braille Challenge has, has become. And I'm really proud of each and every one of you here. Um, every, one, every single one of you is a winner, uh, both here today at the competition and um, looking forward in your life. I was here at the opening ceremony, and I got to meet many of you while uh, we were checking in at the hotel, and I heard a lot of you talk about uh, your dreams, um, and I heard the bios, I heard someone talk about wanting to become president of the United States, awesome! Um, and somebody wanted to become a train engineer, and somebody wanted to be a computer programmer, I believe, and lots of writers and musicians. Um, so one thing I do want to tell you is that you've won half the battle, because half the battle is knowing how to read and how to write. That puts you way ahead of so many of your other peers. So give yourselves a round of applause for that. Oh, just one more thing. Um, and the last part of the battle, it's, it's not going to be an easy fight, but the last part of the battle is just making sure um, to, to just tell the naysayers, yes, I can. Um, and make sure that you do not let any of those naysayers tell you that you can't do what it is that you're dreaming to do. Because sometimes even you can be your own, your own biggest naysayer. So just make sure that you keep at your dreams and don't ever give up on them. Thank you. So if Tiffany says she's getting old, then I'm dirt. <laughs> I was created back then. I actually had the pleasure of working with Tiffany at the age when she was six years old and watch her grow into the inspiring young woman that she is today. And I applaud Tiffany for coming back and talking about the effects that, and in, in understanding the, that reading is fundamental, but braille reading is necessary. 
We at Braille Institute want to, to continue to commit ourselves to supporting Braille literacy, and we're very proud to be a part of Braille Challenge, and we're very proud to know all of you students who are across our United States and our Northern, Cal you know, Northern America uh, on behalf. So continue to do what you do. And Patrick, while I was backstage, my son called me. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Mom, make sure you tell every student in this, in, this, in this event tonight that dreams really do come true. Keep your head high, keep your focus solid, and know every foot you put forward makes a difference. Reading and writing Braille, although the world is becoming extremely digital, Reading and writing Braille will never or should never go away. So practice, perfect yourselves, and stand tall and be proud of who you are and what you can accomplish. The sky is your limit. So as we prepare ourselves to offer you uh, I, I lost my word. As we prepare ourselves to introduce our second place winners, remember you are to stand at your tables and there will be a photo opportunity. So here we go. With the Prentice, second place winner, and I'm ripping it open because they wouldn't let me practice the name beforehand. <laughs> and it was one that was corrected this morning, so now I really have to think about it. No, just kidding. Apprentice second place winner, Miss Faith Schweitzer. From Los Lunas, New Mexico, Faith is eight years old, an active Girl Scout, already familiar with success. She was one of the top sellers in the state of New Mexico for Girl Scout cookies. Nice. She's won the White Cane Essay Contest two years in a row. She's part of the gifted program at her school and was awarded the Young Eagles Award Certificate for Flying an Airplane. She says when she grows up, she wants to be a pediatrician because she likes taking care of children. She's been reading Braille for eight years and says it's important to her because it lets her communicate with sighted people, allows her to be independent, and is the only way she can take her tests and do all of her work correctly. She's participated in the regional Braille Challenge for two years, and this is her first trip to the Braille Challenge finals. Congratulations, Faith Schweitzer. And it's not called the Bears anymore, right? No, it's not the Bears. <laughs> it's not the Bears and it's not Brazil. I think it's a freshman, right? Right. Okay, so the uh, winner for the freshman group, let's see, rip it open. And hopefully I don't butcher the name. The winner is... Ooh. <laughs> How do you say that last name? Receiver. Receiver? Yeah. It looks French to me. <laughs> no. Is, uh... Are you ready? Ready. Yeah. I think you are. Yeah. Ian, uh, rece receiver? Is it receiver? <laughs> 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 oh, 
Ian put his hand up early this evening as one of the people who is from east of the Mississippi. He's from Georgetown, Indiana, and he's an honor roll student as a 10-year-old. Describes himself as smart, of course, silly, and sweet. He enjoys martial arts, is an artist. For the last four years, different art pieces he created were featured in the New Albany Floyd County Art Show. Ian wants to be a math teacher because he loves math and wants to help other students love math, too. Congratulations, Ian Receiver. That's cool. It looks like French, you know? Yeah, it is. Okay, sophomores, are we in the house? <laughs> We're dead. <laughs> One more time, sophomores, are we in the house? <laughs> okay. Second place winner for the sophomore category is Mr. Joey Parra. From Tucson, Arizona, Joey is a motivated sixth grader attending the Braille Challenge as a finalist for the first time. I'm sorry, for the third time. When he's not participating in the Braille Challenge or winning medals at the Blind Olympics, he enjoys playing the drums. Joey Parra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so Junior Varsity, where are you guys and gals? <laughs> Hopefully I can actually read the name this time. I think I haven't been reading Braille enough, so let's see. Um, well, don't say that. <laughs> the winner is... Oh! Sorry. <laughs> Rochelle Zampella. Zampella. We've already met Rochelle tonight. She was the winner of the Harley Fetterman Charts and Graphs Award. And she uh, also is interested in jazz saxophone. But it's also true that this is her sixth time competing in the Braille Challenge and her fifth in the finals. Very impressive. Rochelle Zampella. Rochelle was so excited she was on her way to the stage. Now remember, if we call your name, you're to stand where you are and photos will be taken. That's all I've got to say about that. Uh, and we're done, right? Oh. Are we missing a group? Silly Anita, she never gets it right. All right, so we did Freshman Apprentice, Junior Varsity, Who's left? Varsity. Second place winner for our varsity group. And I'm ripping it open. And the name is Keisha Anderson. Thank you, guys. She's another winner from Canada. She lives in British Columbia. 
a multi-talented creative writer, jazz singer, athlete, and a good friend. She enjoys helping and healing others, wants to pursue a career in either massage therapy or teaching. Braille literacy is important to her because it allows people to connect with one another and provides an outlet for their imaginations. Keisha Anderson, congratulations. Keep those applause going for our second place winners. They are wonderful. And thanks as well to Tiffany and Anita. Anita especially, thank you for sharing your son's wisdom with us. That was so good of you. Advice to take to heart. We've, we've heard and seen so many inspirational messages tonight. All right, everybody. We are getting there. Are we ready to hear the names of the first place winners? Are we ready to find out? All right, she says she needs help with homework. I don't get this because isn't like school out for the summer or something? This is an awfully strange question. Why do cows wear bells? Why do cows wear bells? <laughs> yeah, I heard the right answer. Because their horns don't work. You know, they gotta have the bells. Okay, you guys. I want to find out who the first place winners are. So let's move on. Let's get those introductions and making their, is it possible, their first time appearance on this stage? I think it is. Well, let's please welcome the Braille Institute's lead transcriber, Marcy Fonzio, and director of national programs, Sergio Oliva. Sergio and Nancy. Are you guys ready? Before we start, I actually want every single finalist to stand up. Stand up, finalists. Stand up, every single one of you. So, remain standing. Each and every single one of you, regardless of whether you place tonight in third, second, first place, Every single one of you is a winner. And we want you to really get that through your heads and really understand that we're beyond proud of every single one of you. Let's hear it loud. All right, you can sit down. Thank you. Before we go on, I'm going to let Marcy say a few words. She actually said, Sergio, don't you dare make me talk up there. It took me about seven months to convince Marcy to come up and co-present this award with me. But everybody, she is an amazing person. She's our lead transcriber. She checks every single contest that comes through our prelim competition. And she makes sure that every single finalist score is checked Two eyes, if not three times. Marcy Ponzio. Announce the first place winners. I'm probably more nervous than all of you are. Um, <laughs> I'd just like to um, take a moment to personally thank all the transcribers who dedicate their Saturdays to come and score all the contests year after year. 
They do a marvelous job. They support me so well. Please stand up, guys. Come on. Thank you. I don't know if we're ready to announce the first place winners, Marcy. Yeah. What do you think? Should we just do it online? Should we just send them? Let's relax a little bit, right? But really, there's a couple of things that I want to get across, and that is that this is a long year program, and literally, the staff is going to go back on Monday, and we have a debrief session, and we're going to review and look at this past year, and starting in July, we actually start with our contest developers, and we start planning next year's contest. Come August, we start getting ready for our regional calls, we start getting all of our collateral materials, everything in line so that when every single regional coordinator actually makes their contest orders, they're ready to go. Come September, we actually start getting a lot of our regionals together. October, we request that they submit their dates for the regionals. Then come November, we have the scoring room administrator call. We also start getting a lot of orders for the contest, right? December is when all of our teachers of uh, TVIs actually proctor the exam individually. And then between January and mid-March is when every single one of you, except maybe a few of you that took your test individually, is when the regionals happen. As soon as that last regional takes place, the Braille Publishing Department is working from morning until they take off, because we can't work overtime, right? Where's Janice? Janice, don't, 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 I, I won't forget you. <laughs> um, and then we actually process every single contest. And I think a lot of people maybe don't realize, but we look through every single contest to make sure that we have a permission form, that the scores that were submitted regionally actually are accurate. And then we do a bunch of processing, we start planning, we announce the winners, and then there's a special group of people, because it does take a village, right? But there's a special group of people that I want to really recognize, that really puts up with a lot of my crazy ideas. Some people may call them creative, but they put up with me. Uh, Christine Pack, I don't know where you're at, but thank you so much for your relentless support in working out the logistics. Oh, there she is. Where's... uh? My brother from another mother, Benjamin, who's always bouncing ideas and making sure that I connect digital literacy with Braille literacy. Where you at, Adam? Benjamin Adam Pomeroy. And there's one person besides the publishing team that I cannot do this with. She's my right hand. She's my partner in crime. She just listens and gives a lot of feedback to me. She's the one that actually stops me from going a bit too crazy sometimes. She's due in four weeks. She said, Sergio, I promise you, I'll get until Saturday night at 9 p.m. Marie Saldivar, can you please stand? She's eight months pregnant, everybody, and she's still here. Como que no sirvieron estos, ¿no? They're not really doing it for me tonight, right? Um, so we're going to get to it. But don't forget, this was all for all of you guys. And although we're going to announce the first place winners, we cannot stress enough how proud we are of each and every single one of you. 
we had 1,122 students that took the prelim Braille challenge, and each and every single one of you is representing exactly that entire number. So let's hear it once again, but I want to hear it super loud this time for all the finalists. All right, on to the fun stuff. Let's hear those maracas really, really loud. That's not loud enough. Come on. I'm a Latino guy. I like noise. I want to hear the room go crazy. Come on, let's hear those maracas. And the first place apprentice winner for 2016 is... First place apprentice goes to Meredith Day. Come on up, Meredith. She's from Finksburg, Maryland, and she's a focused second grader and loves to be surrounded by books and stories. She believes that reading should be fun, interesting, and educational. This creative and active eight-year-old has already received a gold medal at the Tournament of Champions, as well as a Character Star Award for responsibility at her school. When she is not in the classroom, she can be found crossing the monkey bars or doing flips on the rings. She began participating in her regional Braille Challenge three years ago when she started learning Braille. This is her debut at the Braille Challenge Finals, and she's a winner, Meredith Day. Let's hear from Meredith. I need, I need this room to get really loud. Come on, we're about to end the night. I know it's been a long weekend. Are you guys ready for the freshman first place winner? Yes? Let's hear those maracas again, loud and loud. This year's freshman first place varsity is... Is Brooke Petro. Brooke hails from Laywood, Texas, uh, Kansas, sorry, and she's nine years old. She was the winner of the Braille Superstar Award for Reading Comprehension and Second Place Apprentice at the Braille Challenge Finals in 2014. When she grows up, Brooke would like to be a scientist at NASA because she likes to study about space. This is, uh, I would suggest she uh, contact Elon Musk immediately. Uh, uh, she's, uh, this is her third year, has, she's participated in the Braille Challenge. So congratulations to Brooke Petro. All right, all right, all right. Who's next? Who? Why is this room so dead? Can I get some noise? Is it just me? hombre. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll stop. First place, varsity sophomore goes to. 
sophomore goes to Julia Lagrand. Lagrand from Grand Rapids. She's from Michigan. Julia loves to do all the things her sighted classmates do, including playing piano, singing, reading, and writing. Along with winning her orchestra's concerto competition, she has won her category of the Braille Challenge finals twice and been a finalist six times. So congratulations to Julia Lagrand. <laughs> Almost done. Our junior varsity first place winner for 2016 goes to the winner is Mitchell Bridwell. He's from Pittsburgh, Indiana. Mitchell's a curious and determined ninth grade student who believes that Braille literacy bridges the gap between the blind and sighted world. His many hobbies include piano, rowing with the Indianapolis Rowing Center junior team, and playing strategy games. Do I see a budding Dungeons and Dragons participant? I don't know. One day, he would like to work as an app developer in order to merge the accessible and mainstream market for apps. So congratulations to Mitchell Bridwell. And the moment we've all been waiting for, because we know some of you still want to go to that pool. What did, what did uh, Mr. Petro, what did you say they were calling the pool something cane? What did you tell me that they were saying you were calling the pool that everybody was there? Cane Fest 2016 is apparently still going on after this. This year's first place varsity winner is our varsity winner. Is Yippee! Cricket Middleman! She's from Morro Bay, California, and is a four time Braille Challenge Finals winner who never wants to stop learning. She hopes to pursue a career as a professor or researcher of physics in order to inspire and educate others. She also enjoys travel writings and wants to explore the world. Cricket, a terrific winner here. Cricket Vitalman from Morro Bay, California, congratulations.
Well, that's correct, Marcy. Her name will also go on our trophy that every single, since what? Since we started, it has the first place uh, winner's name. And that's going to be Cricket's second year in a row. Tiffany uh, Kim, I guess you have another person in that category to join you twice in a row. Good job, Cricket. All right, and here's Patrick to close tonight's event. Thank you, everybody. They've added so much fun and festivity to our evening. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty overwhelmed. I'm pretty drained by uh, just what we've witnessed tonight, the incredible performances turned in today during the competition, and just what a wonderful evening it's been. Got one final message from the daughter. She said simply, Dad, no more jokes. Just let everybody know what a wonderful job they've done what a wonderful evening it is, and that they all deserve a big round of applause. So one final program note. Uh, we would like to encourage all of our winners, all our medalists this evening, to meet outside the ballroom for official photos. We're going to do that in just a few minutes. But I'm hoping if we give our mariachis a big round of applause, we can persuade them to play one more song for us. Is that possible, guys? Let's see if we can get them to play one more song for us. to do is the outro.
change. Well, yes. ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you all so much for being a part of the Braille Challenge and joining us this evening. Again, the party continues out in the lobby, and if not before, we'll meet right back here again next year. Have a wonderful night. Well, as somebody once said, all good things do come to an end. We've come to the end of this live broadcast of the Braille Institute of America's 2016 Braille Challenge Award Ceremony. It's been an exciting and memorable evening here at the Hilton Universal Hotel in Los Angeles, not only for the winners in each category, but for all of the participants, the teachers, the counselors, the parents, and all of those who worked so hard to arrive at this point and to make this event such a success. We at Airs LA would like to congratulate all of them. We hope that you've enjoyed our voice picture of the Braille Challenge. This broadcast has been brought to you by Airs LA and can be heard as a podcast on our website, www.airsla.org. Thanks to Nancy Niebruggen, who is the Associate Vice President, Vice President for Organizational Strategy at the Braille Institute for her help in making this broadcast possible. Our engineer has been at the controls for every Braille Challenge broadcast is Dick Burden. I'm Terry Grossman. And I'm Max Flehinger. Buenas noches. Good evening.